Ah, spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about in your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. So your weekly grocery run can feel even more productive and that morning coffee can taste like a little victory. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities to get lower rates on loans, like for a new ride or finally having a home to call your own. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime Secured Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to another edition of the Rants and Gym Show. My name is Matt Garland, NMLS number 58700, better known as MG the Mortgage Guy. And my name is Kiana Watson, broker extraordinaire, license number 317576. I like that you say that now. Oh yeah, you made me say it, you made <laughs> yeah, me say it. All like right, that. so today we are bringing on Justin. Justin, Justin is amazing. He is a hedge fund manager. He also flips houses. He teaches other people how to flip houses. He has his own brokerage here in the metro Atlanta area. Mm. And he has just been doing this for quite a long time. Like he he has the receipts on his That's page talking about from times when we were in the recession to where we are now, where we have low inventory. And he's still able to not only find deals, but find deals, flip deals and teach other people how to do so. So I am a proud member of his private flipping group because nice. <laughs> nice. Nice. So I, I don't bring people on or don't put people on that I haven't experienced myself. And um, when you come from a real estate standpoint and that background, selling the houses is great. Everybody thinks we get great. So we get paid so well we do, but being the seller of those assets and making those six figure checks and those five figure checks are really, um, they hit a little different. So I'm going to let Justin take yeah. over from here. First cool. of all, let's give Justin a round of oh, applause. First of all, Black excellence, baby. We love Thank it. Thank you. Yeah, that's y'all. Look, well, even before I even start talking about myself, listen, I've been following these two for a long time. <laughs> and the thing is, you have a lot of people on social media that, you know, they act like they're doing stuff, but these two really be doing it. And even for Kiana, I've been seeing her progress for so many years. So it's just an honor to be here with you guys and to be with real people doing real stuff and impact the community. So Applause to these people, first of all. Well, thank you. We appreciate that. We appreciate, we appreciate that. that love. So yeah. let me ask you a question before you get started, right? Yeah. When did you fall in love with real estate? 
So that's a good question. My parents have always invested in real estate. So when I went to college, I attended Cornell University. I was an econ major. And my parents literally had properties that they said, you know, we bought these for use. When your brother go to school, you have to worry about student loans. So growing up, my parents had an internet technology company, but my mom was also a real estate broker. So I've never worked for a big real estate company. I always worked under my mom when I did get my license. And when I was growing up and she had her license, I saw how she still made a lot of money and commissions on top of my parents having this IT company. Mm. So I literally grew up in, in the business. Okay. So it was kind of just second nature when I came out of college. I mean, I can get into that. It's a long story, but I ended up picking, getting into real estate. But I fell in love with real estate pretty much just because kind of just like I said, I grew up in it. Yeah. And I saw how much money it made. And I saw that no matter what business another person has, they can still have passive income and actually make good money off of real estate investing. Because most people that own businesses have other incomes coming in and everybody's investing in real estate. So I said, hey, you know what? I should do get real into estate. This. Yeah, that's right. Do real estate. So it was your parents mm-hmm. who made you fall in love with real estate. Yeah. So that's why it's very important. Like I got my baby boss here with me today, right? Right. Um, and it's important that us as adults, and now we're the parents, to bring our kids to these type of events to, you know, change their mindset because they'll watch YouTube and cartoons and all this other shit mm-hmm. all day long. But it's important that we educate our children because the school systems and everything like that is not mm-hmm. going to teach exactly. us. Exactly. So oh it came goodness. right from your parents. So I think let's give it up for your parents exactly. first and foremost for putting you on to the game. You know, it's funny, you touched on something. So, you know, school, like even people that go to these good schools or people who don't even go to school, it's funny. You'll have people that are so programmed when they go to school, I gotta make A's, I gotta do well in school. Mm-hmm. But then when they get out of school, they don't do nothing. Mm. Like I literally had to have conversations with people that they focused on getting grades. And then when they came out of school, they don't put in that same work ethic for themselves because they're like, oh, well, I'm scared. But at the same time, you put in all this work in high school and college, but you don't even want to put in the same effort you put into school on yourself. It's just kind of weird. So I'm like, guys, listen, like, y'all got to change this mindset. I feel like school sometimes, and I hate to say it, they brainwash you in a way to where it keeps you from really excelling to being a true, you know, achieving your true goals just because you get put in this box. So a lot of stuff that I do, I teach people, look, regardless of your educational background, you literally could do anything you want, no matter what business you're in but you have to apply certain tactics to get to that point. And everything is custom, but like I said, we'll get into that as well. That's dope. That's dope, I love to hear that. The biggest thing that always attracted me to like your page and what you were doing is you're consistent. Like he's consistent in his message about building generational wealth, consistently flipping houses. So we wanna kind of get to some gems here. Let's go. How did you get started flipping houses? Yeah, so a little bit of background about myself. So like I said, I went to Cornell as an econ major and I used to work on Wall Street because what happened, when you go to these big top schools, everybody ends up going to, uh, if, and if you major economics, you end up going to hedge fund land or, uh, or, or, or stock brokers or you get into investment banking because that's a, where, where the money's at. So I had an internship in school and I said, let me go ahead and work on Wall Street a little bit, see how it is. And you realize you're working 100 hours a week for these these companies. Yeah, you're making 100 grand a year, but you realize if you work 100 hours a week for yourself, your income is limitless, right? So when I end up coming out of school, I graduated early from school because college was expensive. So I came out about half a year early and I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. 
So when I came out of school, it was 2005. I was supposed to come out 2006. And the real estate market in Atlanta was hot. Literally, everybody was bombing. Wild everybody Cowboy guys. Wild Cowboy guys. <laughs> was, yeah, yeah, you know. was crazy. Oh, so, yeah. I'm, so I'm 37. So you, you people are close to my age. You might know what happened around 06. But literally, you could get a mortgage by just Walking saying, you know, hey, you know, I'm here. I showed up. Here you go. No, you needed a pulse. Yeah, that's yeah. it. You didn't need nothing else. That's just a it. pulse. Like, you could just say you make 400 grand like I did. I got my first loan. Oh, how much you make? I make 400 grand a year in the state of income. <laughs> okay, approved. You know, yes. so as long as you have a credit score, you're approved. Literally. That, so, let, let me interject. Yeah. That is not happening anymore. No, 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 no. That no, is no, what no, crashed no, no. the market. But no. those yes. are called stated loans because yeah. those got to educate our, our people. So when you're talking about stated loans, that's what people were talking about that were happening back in those times. Absolutely. You walk in the bank and say, this is how much money I make. And they said, all right, approved. Yep. And you got the mortgage whether no. you could actually afford it. And they didn't prove or look into proof of funds at the time. No, there was no such thing as proof of funds. There was no such thing. You like, said you no made the money thing. and that's it. Yeah, that's it. So the background is when I was in college, like I said, my parents had an internet technology company. And that inter the internet technology company that they started actually was a multi-million dollar international business. And I'm proud of all the stuff that my parents accomplished. And what ended up happening when I was 19, my parents had a really messy divorce. So my brother and I were actually groomed to take over the family business. My goal is to take it public and make it some huge multi-billion dollar company. But that divorce was so messy, the company, it was gone. Mm. My brother was at Georgia Tech at the time. He majored in management information, management information technology. I was doing econ so I could be the, the business side of it. And when that happened, well, my brother didn't know what to do. I said, okay, I'm just going to come out early and I'm going to just start a business. We'll figure it out. And I literally didn't talk to my dad for like nine years. So we didn't wow. have a relationship at all because it was just that messy. Wow. My mom, she was going through it. So I didn't really have, even though my parents built so much, lawyers eat up so much stuff. And it's just, I didn't have as much of a, a nest egg as I thought. So I kind of had to start a whole business from scratch. So when I came out, I didn't want to work for anybody because being black in America, Guys, every single job I had, it was always me fighting to just even just be there. Like I'm getting sabotaged constantly every day. And I said, corporate America is just not for me. So I ended up seeing how real estate was doing so well around the time frame. And my mom being a, a broker, I was like, okay, let me get into the business. So I found a property and I renovated it. Me and my brother got into it. It was a condo in Buckhead. We renovated it, sold it, made twenty five grand. How much you guys pay for it? We paid seventy five thousand for it. And bucket. In, in, yeah, it was like yeah, <laughs> yeah, two thousand yeah, two thousand six. That ain't this yeah. today's bucket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> today's bucket is a and, whole and, different. And also, it was an older community. It was an older uh, condominium community. Okay. And we picked it up. It was a foreclosure. We paid seventy five grand for it. Then we put in about maybe just five grand into it and sold it for um, a twenty five thousand dollar profit. Nice. And at the right. time, I had a job. At the time, I had a job. So when I came to college, I still had a job. I worked there for four months. After I, I did that deal, I quit. I was, I'm out. I quit. Because that was my <laughs> goal. Hold on, 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 time out. Yeah. You quit your job after one deal? Yeah. One like, deal? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he made yeah. 25 and, and, and the thing is, and what happened, and now to give you a little background, even the job, when I first got to the job, uh, like I said, I was dealing with a lot of racist people. You know, I right. won't name the company, but I literally got there the first day. Dude's like, hey, here's these keys. Go clean the van. Second day, a dude drops something on the floor and says, Justin, pick it up. I was like, oh, hell no. You ain't freaking talking to me. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then the third, the, the third final straw, 
this guy put his shoes up on the um the the freaking dashboard of the truck I had possession of and I was like yo we just came from a construction site like your shoes are dirty he's like we're gonna clean this shit anyway I was like you know what fuck this shit so (laughs) I I was on the freeway I pulled over I pulled over I parked it I took off my seatbelt and I was about to just just mess him up Uh you know and I was like that's when I knew it was you know what corporate America ain't for me man like this ain't it so I quit that job after I did the deal and I said like I told you if I work for myself I put in the same hours. There, there's no limit to what I could do. So I quit. But for two years, I struggled. I struggled okay. a lot. You know what? That's okay. I think that we we, we have to make sure that we yeah. set the right narrative. You know, yeah. being able to be an entrepreneur and a successful entrepreneur is it, it's a blessing in itself. But you obviously just were fed up. You didn't do the whole plan, prepare, execute. You were like, I'm out. Just, I'll figure it out. You like jumped a, out the window. Like at Vegas. Yeah. Well, I'm bl- yeah, I'm I'm black. Black. yeah. So what happened, I then, and this is what's important. So this is when the gems start coming, right? So I, I did my first deal. But the first deal I did, it was a neighborhood that I wanted to live in. So what happened after that? I said, okay, let me go find another deal. And I started listening to these wholesalers. I started listening to these people. Hey, if you go buy in this particular area, you're gonna make some money. So I went and bought in an area that wasn't as nice. Let's just say it was the hood, right? Mm-hmm. Bought this house in the hood and it was a two bedroom, one bath. Which was, area was it though? It was uh, Lakewood, Lakewood oh, Amphitheater. Area. Lakewood Amphitheater. Yep. So for those that are listening, that is South um, Georgia, South Atlanta. So you have the Metro Atlanta area, then you go South. That's the Lakewood area. And sometimes it is a little, um, it is in the middle of gentrification. It's diverse. It is is in the middle of gentrification. And uh, oftentimes it is um, low income areas that may or may not be the best establishment without the best schools. You know, I always got to clean this up. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And I was trying to not to use the word the hood because I know that's a bit taboo. But I guess, you know. I mean, we got to be honest. The hood is the hood. So literally, I bought the house. I'm getting robbed every week. I'm trying to work on it. I'm like, I can't even work on it. I'm talking about like, you know, certain neighborhoods, when you you buy in there, you have to realize when you see a lot of foot traffic and people looking at what you're doing, it don't necessarily mean there's the foot traffic that you want. Yeah. Right? So I'm working on the house. Oh, okay. I'm working on the HVAC. Oh, he got a new HVAC. Oh yeah, we gonna get that tomorrow. He got got that camera going there. So, I went through a couple HVACs there, and then I learned the importance of having insurance, people just, just stealing the appliances, stealing the copper. So anyhow, I own in this house. I'm like, okay, crap, I'm having a hard time selling it. So I saw new construction was hot. So I said, okay, well, let me get into new construction. So I ended up building a house in Camp Creek, built a house. Next thing you know, the market crashes. Mm. The market so, crashes. Can so we just talk about that? Yeah. Because we like to let people know, sometimes when you don't know what you're doing, because obviously he did his work, your flip can turn into a flop. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Which one? The flip can turn into a flop? The flip turned okay. into a flop. So the property I bought that was supposed to be a good deal according to what a wholesaler did. And then what happens is this. So when you guys start getting into the business, you're going to have all types of people that are going to come to you. And they're going to say, hey, if you buy in this particular area, it's upcoming. You can make uh, X amount of money. They got this train, this belt line. Oh, the belt line's coming in. Oh, they're going to build this building. So anyway, I got wheeled into it because I didn't know any better. But I didn't realize what's very important about real estate investing. Always buy something that you would want to live in yourself. Mm. If That's you don't want to live in it, then that means Who that else is going to live in it? 
If if you don't want to live in it, it means a lot of other people don't want to live in it. But what happens, people get so focused on numbers and you start losing sight of the fact that, okay, if I pay 200,000 for this house, it's in a very depressed neighborhood. Think about it. What else can I buy for 200 grand that's in a nicer neighborhood? So investing in real estate is pretty much an economic principle of what's called game theory. And then you have another uh, principle of what's called perfect competition. What perfect competition is, everybody in the market understands and has the same information. So if you go buy a house for 200000 right? And let's say this house is 200000 in, in a press neighborhood, but you can go buy another house for 200000 in a nicer neighborhood, more than likely that house for 200 grand you're buying in the press neighborhood isn't going to sell as fast as the one that's in a nicer neighborhood. But what happens, new people, they get with the wrong folks and they'll go invest not using their common sense. And that's how people get tripped up. And that's how I got tripped up when I first got into it. So what ended up happening, I started learning a lot from mistakes that I made. So when I bought the house that was the two bedroom, one bath in the bad neighborhood, I realized the importance of short sales. So, and I'll get into that. And let me know if I start, you know, going off. Or you guys. No, keep no, going. no, keep, keep going. Because I'm telling you right this now. This is good information right now. Great information. So, so one of the things that really propels me against my peers, and like Kiana talked about, is that regardless of the market, I always find deals. And I get deals significantly cheaper than other people. So short sales, for example, is something that is, is really, is really You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Cool. So when I had that house it was worth 150 the one that was in the bad neighborhood. When the market crashed, a gentleman ended up 
uh, doing a short sale. That's how I started learning about it and bought it for $8,500, mm. right? So I said, dang, okay, he did this for it. He bought this house for $8,000, $8,500 for me. I can go replicate this and go do it with other people. So then what I started doing is marketing to people that were about to be in foreclosure, had properties that were underwater. And then I started picking up properties at significantly cheap prices. So, and then um, what, what I started doing too, and I want you guys to understand this, real estate is really just a game. That's all it is, right? Monopoly. It, it's just it a game. It's, 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 monopoly. It, it's a game. And, and the most important part about the game, and I'll give you an example, there is a, a, a game called the prisoner's dilemma. So what that is, is let's say that Matt and Keanu go rob a bank, right? And I want you to understand this principle, then you'll understand how real estate works. So Matt and Keanu go rob a bank and they get caught. So I'm the police. I go catch them up. I put one in one room. I put one in the other room. I'm starting to hit Keanu with notebooks. I'm telling her, hey, tell, tell. But y'all, right? I'm gangster. Let me tell you something. <laughs> yeah. One thing about Keanu. <laughs> now, <laughs> I ain't got nothing to say. <laughs> now, her and Matt had this conversation. Now, Let I'm banging on Matt. I'm banging on Matt with notebooks in another room, right? So what happens is this. So these are the outcomes. If they don't tell on each other, they don't go to jail. If Keanu tells on Matt, she gets one year. He goes to jail for 20 years. Yeah. Vice versa. Now, if they both tell on each other, they both go to jail for 20 years. Exactly. Mm. The optimal outcome is for them not to tell on each other. But the only thing is, and the same thing with real estate, when it comes to buying houses and uh, trying to figure out who's bidding what, you really don't know. It's a dilemma. You don't want to overpay for certain stuff, but also, too, you want to make sure you have the best outcome for yourself. So now putting them into back to the game, right? How do you have them achieve the optimal outcome when they don't know what either one is saying, right? How do you do that? That's the big question. And because I know the answer to that question, I'm propelled more so than my peers. So what ends up happening, people guess, okay, well, Kiana a G, we know that, but how much <laughs> is she yeah. a G if I keep banging her on these notebooks and I'm saying that Matt's telling? I'm like, yo, Matt told on you. I'm like, yeah. nah, we Matt good. told. He yeah. did not. He did. Oh, he <laughs> told. He did. He did. He did. told. What you gonna do? What nah, you so either way, G. that pressure, <laughs> right? Come on, yeah. let's not play. So <laughs> how do you solve that problem? How do you solve the prison? How do you solve that? How do you how do you achieve the optimal outcome? To not make with sure two G's. You can't solve that, though. Right. You need you need somebody who's weak need, on all the end. Or something in the middle. So so that's how you're able to get in the middle for these properties. So the thing is, but for, let's say, just like I said, for the sake of the prison dilemma, how do you solve that problem? You put them together. No, you can't put them together, though. How do you solve it without putting them together? Come on, now. Yeah, give them a gem. I, I need I, to know. Okay, I, I, I can't. Anybody I can't. in the audience, how do you solve it without putting them together? Go ahead. What are the variables? So the variable is you have the police officer, right? Or either way, put it like this. Imagine you put a camera in there. So. If, if you had a camera in the room, if you know what she was saying by a camera, you had a link with the police officer, whatever the case may be, then you can work it out, right? So one of my methods is I get in with everybody that knows everything. But what's cool is that you can literally go find a deal, right? Get in with the person that's over the deal, maybe the realtor or whatever, and then find out what everybody else is doing. Or what you can do is you can control the game by before you even get to the realtor, which is what I like to do as well, but we do it both ways, 
and we implement the short sale. So now what happens when I go get a short sale, right? Like for example, in front of my um, people are in my mentorship program, I like to just do stuff in front of people to let them know that it's, it's very you know, straightforward. So I'll call a person that has a house. Like I went to three houses yesterday. I'm doing all short sales for them. A person owes $200,000 on a house I went to yesterday, right? But with short sales, you can actually dictate whatever price you want to buy it for because a short sale is when you're shorting the bank how much money the person owes them. And let me repeat that. I know Matt knows this and the county knows this. If a person owes 200 grand on a house, but let's say the house is only worth 150, that's, that means that the house is underwater. So we have to now short the bank how much they're owed in the mortgage. And that's essentially, essentially what a short sale is. So what I'm doing is I'm going to find these people that are distressed, but I'm also putting in an offer. So what I'll do is I'll meet with the people and I'll say, hey, listen, you know, when you do a short sale, you're not getting any money back in your pocket. Nope. because all the money goes to the bank. Why have the bank make all the money? They already have enough and they get paid insurance, all these different things, even when the property even gets does a short sale or it goes into foreclosure. So let me help you put some money in your pocket. So what I'll do is I'll say, look, I'm going to buy your house. I'm going to put in an offer for, I'm just going to tell the bank we're going to buy it for 70 grand, but the house is probably worth maybe 180. I'm going to put in 70. I'm then going to convince the bank it's worth 70. They're going to then go send a appraiser, appraiser. Uh -huh. have another agent do a BPO. A BPO is a broker price uh -huh. opinion. Uh -huh. And that agent that's doing the broker price opinion is only getting paid like 65 bucks. Per, okay. per, per one. Per one. That's, that's not a lot. <laughs> and, you know, and the appraiser, they might be getting a bulk price. So what I'll do is I'll go there and I might kick down a few walls and Make a few holes in there. <laughs> now I say, look, hey, this house ain't working. That's a gym in itself. So he you know? sabotage the whole process. You know, yeah, this how. Oh, the roof is leaking. Uh, you know, it got roaches. You know, it, it got so a lot you of gonna, issues. You going, you going to vandalize this place prior to the inspection. We're going to make it look or, as distressed as possible. Yeah, we want to make it look, you know, just don't have it so tight. Let's just throw some stuff on the ground. <laughs> you know, so. Then the people come and it's like, oh, it's not, it's not worth as much. And then we'll tell them, oh, the pipe is old. They got polybutylene pipes. We got all that stuff, you know? <laughs> so then next thing you know, I'm getting the house, maybe not for 70, because what's important is that you shoot for the stars, right? Always shoot for the stars. You either hit it or you get something close to it. So then for one house, I offered them 70. Last year, I was running the short sale. Short sale took a while, freaking six months. I offered 70. The bank took 90, but guess what? I'm also a realtor, mm. right? So see, I get see, paid this is double the real commission. Game right here. So I got 6% commission because I'm on both sides, right? So, man, I'm telling y'all too much. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Rants and Gems, baby. Yeah, also, go. too, what's important is that what agents do, see, this is where they mess up. They'll go find a short sale. They'll then list it at market value. I'll list the short sale at the price that I'm trying to buy it at. So now what happens is the bank assumes the agents want to get paid the most commission for a deal. So they're assuming these agents did their job and the house is truly worth 70 grand mm. when it's really worth 180. So but hold on, the I, don't, I don't think they heard you in the back though. Hold on, yeah. hold on. Okay, hold on, we gotta rewind. So hold on, let's rewind this. Yeah. First things first, <laughs> gems, gems, definitely gems. So first things first, 
you're telling all these investors and future investors, go get your damn real estate license. Oh, yeah. First and foremost. Oh, right? yeah. That's the oh, most, because yeah. there's a lot of people out here say, oh, you don't need a license to do this, that, and third. They're leaving money on the table. They're leaving money on See? the table. That's another stream. Oh, yeah. Right? That's first things first. Second thing is the bank is assuming that you, as a licensed realtor, are listen, listing this property at fair market value. Exactly. And you, being the investor, on the back end, because they don't know you're don't the wolf in sheep's clothing right now, right? Because I'm, co- I'm not even the agent that's listing it. Oh, that, see, so I, that's, I, that's, that's, that's another gym. Another gym. Oh my God. He's not the agent now it's your firm it. who's listing it. It's somebody, it. In it's somebody else. Some, exactly. So now my you, name doesn't even show on the paperwork. Now you're putting on one of your people. Now you're making them eat too. Yeah. Oh, you creating income all around a circle. Everybody. Right. It's a circle. I don't think right. y'all are really understanding what this so, man is just saying right so, now. This so, is gems. And you yeah. know, the reason mm-hmm. I want to point this out is everybody talks about wholesaling, wholesaling, be a wholesaler. Be afraid to get your real estate license to be a wholesaler, but the way he's doing it, you can disclose, you can get paid on all ends, and you can still be the investor in the agent. So this is really good for those that are real estate agents out here. That's real estate professionals where we see these short sale opportunities all the time, but we're not in a position because we don't have the investor's hat on our on. So we just list it, sell it, and go about our life not recognizing this could be the opportunity is I can make my 6% commission and I can make a five figure profit if I were to flip this right. Mm-hmm, exactly. Oh, and then, I love that. And, and touching based on what you were saying is that with wholesaling. So the thing is, you literally could still be a license. Like I'm a real estate broker. Like I got agents that work under my firm. Right. And I'm in different states. I'm in Georgia and Florida. We got like 60 plus agents. I'm not losing my license. And I wholesale all the time. Mm. It's it's actual real estate contracts that allow you to even wholesale. All right. There's nothing illegal about wholesaling. So when people say that, I think it's more so a fact that, um, and just to be completely transparent, there are ways that you can do shady sh- real estate. And right. some people, because it's certain stuff that it's not on the up and up, if they were to do that and be licensed, they would lose their license. But everything I do is literally on paper. And we... We do very well when it comes to um, the wholesaling, but either way though, but as far as the short sales, what's important is we have to convince these asset managers that the price is 70 grand or 80 grand. So we're just painting a story and we're allowing them to read that story so that they can affirm what we already want them to affirm that this is the price that it's worth. So now what happens is this, like the market, it's crazy right now because there's no inventory. But at the same time, when the, something gets listed, everything gets bid up because you get these highest and best. You got all these 50, 60 people yeah. oh, you know, yeah. bidding on houses. But what happens with me is I got the deal before even it hit the market. So, and then as soon as I've even listed, because we do a short sales, you have to list the house. That's one, one of the things the bank, they want you to list it. But as soon as we list it, we already have it under contract. We're just listing as a formality, so it goes pending. So they're like, dang, Justin, how'd you get that deal so cheap? I'm like, man, like we already had this stuff done even beforehand, you know, but going back to the prisoner's dilemma, what's what's really cool is, so I won a deal um, that had 200 offers on it um, a few 200 days ago. 200 offers? 200 this offers is Atlanta. Let me tell a few you, days let's ago. be clear. This, was, this is in Atlanta, right? Yeah, it was for 90 grand or something I like keep that. keep telling Jeez. people this it market had, is wild, but nobody want to listen to us. Yeah, this shit's crazy. <laughs> so it had, it had 200 offers on the house. I won. And I won it less than what most of the people were paying for it. 
Okay, what's the secret sauce? How bro? did I do that? Well, now yeah, how you do? How you win this offer? Hold up, hold up. How the hell did you win the offer with two hundred of them, two hundred competing offers, and you went in less? Right. So what's the jam on this? So so with that, I mean, I'll say this: like, I don't want to get too in detailed on it because I mean, people got paid for that. But, <laughs> but that's I'm a jam. Real. That's a jam. Like that stuff. But at the same time. You know, there there are certain methods to where, regardless of how many offers are on a house, right, you can still get the house cheaper than everybody else, and like just freaking win it. But it's like certain stuff you have to say, like you have to make sure that everybody's happy in the deal. And if everybody's happy in the deal, everybody's getting what they need to get, then you'll still win. So regardless, like money isn't always the thing that motivates people. You yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like some people like to do stuff just because it just feels good. Yeah. Right? So as long as you take all that into consideration, there are certain things that you can do to work that out. Right? But again, that's why you like it's all game theory. It's all ways to play the game. And a lot of people, they're standing in line versus, yo, you can just cut it. Like just go straight to mm-hmm. the door and get in. You just got to know the folks. So, um, so let me ask yeah. you this. How are mm-hmm. you in this crazy seller's market we're in nationwide? Yeah. You just had 200 offers on one deal that you just won. How are you finding short sales? Because again, like you said, a oh, short yeah. sale is where you're buying it basically. Yeah. It's undervalued. You owe more than what the house is worth. Yeah. I mean, for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Everybody's house is up in the stock, according to Kiana. Right, so right, how right. the hell are you finding so, short sales so in, good, this, in today's market? Good question. So yeah. um, even yesterday, I went to a house. A lady owed only fifty-eight grand on the house, right? Mm-hmm. And now what I started doing is like, I was going to start doing some sponsored ads. <laughs> so, <laughs> so one of the things I started doing um, lately, I just started doing sponsored ads. And I said, hey, listen, if you know anybody that's about to be in foreclosure and they feel like they're about to lose their home, I can help them have the bank pay them to move and avoid foreclosure. Actually, I didn't do that. I said, I can have the bank 
pay them to avoid foreclosure. That's what I said. Mm -hmm. So then I had people say, hey, how do I have the bank payment to avoid foreclosure? And that's when I started getting people coming in. But even before I started doing sponsored ads for people that don't want to pay for sponsored ads, right? And I just literally started doing this this month. So I was like, let me just try this and just throw something at it. But how I get a lot of short sales is word of mouth. I start talking to people that um, are in bankruptcy. So with COVID, when COVID hit, there was a lot of people that were, of course, financially strapped. So I would cold call um, uh, bankruptcy attorneys, divorce attorneys, mm. probate attorneys, um, CPAs, stuff like that. And what happens, a lot of people, they don't like to put in the work. You know, they like to get everything easy. But the thing is, truth be told, you know, all us here, we put in the work. Absolutely. Right. So I, honestly, I get frustrated sometimes when I get too many phone calls. I can't put in the work to get deals. So I'll just put down my phone and ignore it, get on another phone and start calling up bankruptcy attorneys, you know, um, foreclosure attorneys, uh, you know, probate attorneys because they have a lot of these people that might need the help. And I make a killing off of getting deals, and I hate to say it, you know, from people that pass away. Because mm -hmm. what happens, the family don't want the properties. They just want to cash out. And some of them don't really care what it even sells for. They just want to get the money quick. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'll, I'll work out deals with them. And, but it's literally all about, you know, saying the right things for them to want to do business with you, but always making sure that regardless of uh, the situation, you have to make sure that you, you keep a good reputation and make sure that everybody's happy because your name is everything. So one right. thing about me, you can Google me, you can research me, you know, you're not going to find any type of scam stuff on me because I truly care about making sure everybody wins. You and know. see, that's a gem. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you that, like, when we lead into making sure everybody wins, we're talking about, because we all know we have the moratorium with the foreclosures. So most people know it's like, well, I can't get kicked out right now. You know, the government is not really, you know, they're not going to let you kick me out. Mm -hmm. So what did, did you see a difference in your business from that standpoint when COVID hit and people were like, well, I'm good now. Yeah. And what do you foresee may happen if... Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say a big if because I keep calling it if mm -hmm. they allow it to go through like they said they would 30 days ago. And now yeah. we're still waiting until July 31st mm -hmm. if the government allows that. Oh, so they push back the moratorium until 31st? Yeah. Crap. They, ah. keep, pushing. Listen, they, <laughs> they keep pushing They keep pushing it back. God, I keep calling it. They're going to keep hey. pushing it back. But go ahead. <laughs> OK, so when COVID's when COVID started, I just made more money because there is no there's not like a lot of competition. Uh -huh. So I was telling people like, look, you know, like this is an opportunity for us to buy deals cheap. So I was really counting on the market to crash and go down. <laughs> I was hoping for that because what ends up happening is a lot of people know how to make money when the market's good. But a lot of people don't know how to make money when the market's bad. And I prefer the market to be bad because you get better deals. Yeah. 100%. You know, you get better deals. So um, but back to what you're saying that. The methods that I, oh, and this is what I want to talk about too. So the methods that, that I use, I developed all my methods back when the market crashed last time. So when I was doing the short sales, when I was dealing with, um, you know, the, the probate, there's, there's like a lot of different ways. Tax lien, when I was dealing with um, foreclosures where they even hit the, hit the blocks, 
there's a, a lot of different strategies that I, I developed when the market crashed. Right. So, but I learned it the hard way because I had a foreclosure on my credit and I had to go through a short sale myself to actually know how to do it. So now what I do is I'll teach people, look, hey, this is what you need to do because I went through this crap. And you really don't want to go through this. Yeah. Like I literally, even when I got married, um, like some years ago, I had a foreclosure on my credit and I couldn't, like I literally was buying a house, right? And I was at closing because I had somebody delete the foreclosure off my credit. I had somebody delete the source <laughs> off my credit. So my credit was all good. <laughs> but at the closing, oh, Justin, did you have a foreclosure? I saw you check the box said you didn't. I was like, how'd y'all find that out? <laughs> Lexus, you know? Lexus, you know? Lexus, Lexus, so, Lexus. So I didn't, I couldn't even um, buy this investment property I wanted. So then I had to go through a bank statement loan to actually get, to get a loan. But there's a lot of people that don't know about bank statement loans or didn't even know or might not even have certain cash to do some of the um, different creative financing ways you and I talked about before yeah. we came on here to get yeah. loans. So I say, hey, look, if I can go out and show people, look, avoid the foreclosure. Let's go this route. You know, avoid the short sale. We can go this route. Then you can truly still help people achieve whatever goals they have. And also you can still make money and they still make money and everybody wins. So, like I said, with the question that you had, my methods just work in any market okay. because I developed them in a really bad market. Okay. So when the market is high, I just make bigger profits. But at the same time, um, when the market goes down, I still make good profits, but they're just not as high because the demand, like, I've never seen in the market like this. Yeah. Exactly. You know, That's what I was around. concerned about because most people, yeah. you know, there are some people that you can say, listen, People, some people are so honest that they would rather just get paid now and get out of the property and not wait because you know this is like a waiting game. I can imagine the um, the way people are feeling right now. Every month is like, are you going to am I going to start a foreclosure or not? Every single month, so they don't know. So I can imagine some people want to get out, but a good amount of people are like I'm gonna wait. I'll just see what the government's going to do. And so because of that, they're 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 essentially living there without paying the mortgage. So no matter how much you're cold calling them and giving them cash. It's like, well, I'm living for free and I kind of feel like the government not going to kick me out because there's 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 been surveys and a lot of people feel like the government is going to delay, defer, save. And we're reading new articles that are out that are helping them do so. So to find these short sales, to find these foreclosures, to find these distressed properties, um, name at least one place, not every place. I know they got to pay for it, but just one website, one resource, something they can use to find it. You know, so to be transparent, I don't use any websites. Mm. Wow. Like, I don't so use websites. Just I don't use PropStream. When people talk about, I don't use none of that. You just pound on the phone. Like, you know, so, I mean. Let it like, out. Like, like, literally. No, it's a safe like, place, like, bro. Yeah, let yeah, it out, bro. Yeah, yeah, let it so, out. So, literally, um, I will take a day. Yeah, like you said, I'll just get on the phone. You know, and just, I'll call the people that have the people. And I'll give them offers they can't refuse, and I'll get the deals. Are you so, working with any asset managers? Yeah, yeah. So First I mean, all, what, even what, like even like for example, like this, right? So I do a lot of deals with hard money lenders. So I'll even call hard money lenders like, hey, look, I know people default on your paper. Yo, let me buy some. Mm. You know? Ooh. So talk, hey, to, talk to us about this. So, how, how are you? How, what's your scripting? How are you calling a hard money company asking them to buy their paper? Let's just give, just pretend like I'm a hard money company. Yeah, let's, sure. give, let's give the people okay, well, a, I would, something to go well, off yeah, of. I like, I like kind of prefer the cold call. So I want you to pretend to be a hard money lender, but every lender has a secretary, right? right. Mm -hmm. In the fact, let's keeper. even do this. Like, let's even do this. 
I want you to pretend to be a probate person. All right. I want you to be a, a probate uh, lawyer, right? Yeah. But you're going to be the secretary of the lawyer. Oh, you don't want me to be the secretary. I do want you to be the secretary. Oh, okay, let's go then. Okay. Ring, ring, ring. What's up? Hey. Who are you? Uh, which, which, let me see. Well, I'm calling a firm. So this is the, this is the, the Rants, Rants and Gems firm. LLC firm. Hey, hey, hello. Well, you pick up your hello. You're like, hey, this is Rants and Gems LLC yeah, All right, firm. all right. So let's start this. Ring, 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 ring. All right. This is the Rants and Gems Asset Management. How can I help you? Hey, how are you? I was referred to you guys by one of my, uh, my CPA, Dr. Howard. And they said that you guys are pretty good at probate. I got a, a couple of clients I wanted to bring over to your firm. I just kind of want to get some, get some quotes and stuff. And I got a lot of people like this, but I really want to talk to a lawyer just to kind of figure out if you guys would be a good fit for all this business that I can bring to you. Uh, who? Who referred you? Dr. Howard. Who the fuck is that? It's one of my CPAs. Okay, we know Dr. Howard. Sir, you're very aggressive. I can, <laughs> I can, I can, I can talk to you later. Uh, yeah, I'm very aggressive. Um, but who's Dr. Howard again? Dr. Howard is a CPA that referred me to your firm. Look, I got clients. You, you want these clients or not? I just want to talk to a lawyer. I mean... If no, you don't we, don't, need business. we don't need the business. Okay, all right. We'll talk to you later, sir. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but we need, but we need the we business. Need, we need the business. business. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm just joking. Most people, I'm just joking. Most we people need the don't business. want the business. <laughs> so, so what? Okay, so what happens is people don't want the business. Okay, so you want to do it again? You want the business? No, no, we can't keep it going. We keep going. I, I was joking. joking. We want okay. the business. Okay, okay. gotcha. Oh, you want the business. Oh, you play too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't get offended. Okay, cool. Okay, so yeah, um, but I definitely, I heard uh, you guys got some good attorneys over there. But like I said, before I start giving you guys this business, can I talk to one of the attorneys just to see if we'll be a good fit? Because I got two clients right now. I'm trying to buy their houses and they didn't have any probate, nothing. So you got anybody I can talk to? Of course. I mean, let me introduce you to um, our CEO, the boss, Keanu Watson. Okay, awesome. Hey. All right. Oh, uh, hey. <laughs> hey. Okay. <laughs> So you're going to transfer me over? Yeah, oh, transfer yeah. now. Kiana's on awesome. Hi, good. How, how are you doing? Hey, hey, Kiana. How you doing? Um, oh, like I said, God. I heard good things about your firm. I got a couple clients trying to buy their properties, and I'm just having a rough time because, again, you know, they didn't, they, you know, someone's grandma passed away. I think mm -hmm. it was, you know, just mess going on, but they died without a will. So I was looking to possibly use your firm for this particular case. And well, this um, is what we specialize in. Yeah. So yeah, tell yeah. me more about your um, clients. So pretty much it was just, you know, someone's grandma passed away. I'm actually the person that's supposed to be buying their home, but I just wanted to refer the business over to you. So I just want to see, you know, what your rates are and, you know, it may be a good fit because they wanted me to figure that out. But also, too, I have another client. His uncle passed away and I'm trying to buy that one, but it's like it's, all the paperwork's messed up. So I just want to shoot this business over to you and see how much you might charge them. Oh, okay. Well, we're, we're very reasonable with our pricing. And you said you already have two clients for me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like okay. I said, they said, you you know, you the woman, the myth, the legend. Like, you know what you be doing. So yeah, I, I mean, you, and you said you. you're looking to buy the properties from them. So yeah. you're, you're referring the business to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, I really market to a bunch of probate people. So I want to establish a good relationship with you and probably even shoot you more clients. And yeah, how's that sound to you? Listen, if we all eat and it's, it's, it's a go, run the play. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure. Okay. And, and honestly, I'm kind of glad you brought that up because I'm going to shoot these people to you. So one person's name is Mike. Another person's name is Angela. They'll give you a call, hopefully by tomorrow. And, you know, I'm buying a lot of different deals from probate. So if anything comes across your desk that needs a buyer, shoot, let me know. We can scratch each other's back like that. 
Listen, I have a couple people already on my desk. Let's talk. Oh, oh awesome. Okay, cool. Yeah, we'll be shooting the addresses and everything. I can check it out. See All right, working. the address is 123 Raisin Gym Street, Let's baby. Let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. That's it. Okay, okay. So, I like so that. I'll, I'll switch it like that because what you got to do is you have gatekeepers, right? Every important person has a gatekeeper. And the gatekeepers the are part. assholes, FYI. And this is why I was kind of like Mine being is an too. asshole. Mine yeah. is too. You yeah. won't get me. So um, you got to get past the gatekeeper. That's one. So you got to dangle a carrot in front of them. Like, what's a carrot? Now, keep in mind, I ain't got no clients for you. <laughs> but at the same but time. But it's the carrot of the illusion of it's it. It's the carrot. Yeah, it's so the perception. Then, you know, one thing is like this. Oh, I like that Nautica shirt. That's a really nice shirt. They'd be like, oh, thank you. I like your shirt, too. People are inclined to give a compliment back. Like, it's almost human nature unless you're a jerk. You know? Mm. So... People feel that need to, oh, you give me this, well, let me give you this. The reciprocity. So what I do for anything is I have a principle of reciprocity and then it just works out. But you can't call some people and be like, hey, what's up? You got any deals from people? Like, Where's my hang up on you? Mm. You gotta go with something to get something. You gotta give value. Exactly. You gotta give value. So for me, I just got so many different ways employing certain methods of reciprocity that I don't use websites or nothing or, you know, skip tracing. I don't really do none of that. Like, I don't so, have to. So you're, so you're the master of cold calling. Well, and honestly, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, I, and I'll say that, but you're not cold calling. Like some people are like, I'm just going to call these owners. You're like, no, no, no. Let me call, let me call the need. The need is the probate attorney. The need is going beyond the need is the tax accountant, right? The CPA, because they know. So you're going past them. The, what, we are told to cold call and the you're traditional calling, route. The yeah. traditional route, you're going right to the source. Yeah, so the thing is, people always want to take the easy route. They say, if I go pay for this website, I'm gonna go get this stuff. But even when you go to these websites, you're still paying to get information for people you still have to contact. So I've tried sending letters. I'm like, man, that's a waste of time for me. You know, I tried doing email blasts. I'm like, that ain't working. So I just like to go straight to it. Now, to be clear, transparent, word of mouth works all day. So what I started doing, I put myself out there like, hey, I want to be that guy to help out whoever is financially distressed that needs to get out of their property. I'm going to be that person to make sure that you guys are straight and that you guys come out and get some money in your pocket. So you turn a bad situation to a good situation. And hopefully you can go buy another property later on down the road. You know, what? Right? that's a major gem mm-hmm. yeah. because you have, you're coming from a standpoint of service. So when you're in a, when you're in this industry and you're looking, you know, there's several ways to skin a cat. Everybody can sell real estate differently, right? Justin said, let me come out here and talk to the people that are being underserved and underserviced and let me show them how I'm going to service them. So by putting those ads out, he has some crazy commercials. He's jumping out the sky, he's jumping off oh, buildings. Yeah. <laughs> like you guys gotta check out his page. But what you're doing is you're coming from a place of service and that causes people to want to call you because you're telling them you're going to help them while also helping yourself. Yeah, and, and that what kind of brings me to my next point and what you talked about is that like one of the things that I love most and I'd say one of my like biggest life achievements really is my mentorship program mm-hmm. because I've taken kids that used to work at Publix, you know, in college making 100000 while they're a junior in college, mm-hmm. you know. Like I've seen so many people that, you know, came from certain backgrounds that I've helped that are making crazy cash off of using certain methods of, you know, finding deals, wholesaling them, 
you know, renovating houses. Because honestly, I renovate a lot of houses, but I teach people how to find a lot of deals. So when you bring these people in that are tired of working in corporate America or they enjoy, you know, their corporate jobs, they want extra income and you show them different skills on finding deals. And then you show them, hey, there's a way to even sell this deal to somebody else to make a profit without them having to use your own cash. You show them how to finance deals and use other people's money. And you see how they propel and propel. It's just an amazing, amazing feeling to see so many people really achieve. Let me ask you this then. Mm -hmm. So this is a good question I have for you. So now that we know that you can find a deal, we know that you're renovating a deal. So let's just break this down to the average person. I want to flip my first house. How much should I expect? I find the property. How much should I expect to spend? And what is a good amount to make? Like some people have their certain numbers. I want to make 25,000 on the flip. I want to make at least 50,000. Or I mean, I remember when I first came into the program, I was like, if I can't make 50,000 on it, I don't want to do it. He like, well, Kiana, <laughs> right. that's a little aggressive. I'm like, well, yeah. you know, so what, what, what's the number? Let's let, let people know what they should look for in a flip. Yeah. And how do you cut down your cost of materials? Because one thing about, one thing about Justin, he'll have on a suit one day. The next day he got on his boots. He, yeah, he, he, yeah. He's in, in the, the field. field. He's in the Sleeves field. He's out, there. he's out there pulling out, pulling down drywall. <laughs> he's doing everything. And I think that that's one part of the whole process that will be really refreshing to share so people yeah, know what yeah. to expect. Yeah, for sure. So one of the things that you need when you go buy a house, if you're going to actually finance a deal, is you want to have 10 to 20% of the purchase price. So to keep the numbers simple, if you're buying a house for $100,000, you want to have, I always tell people to have 20%, have about 20 grand. But at the same time, on a good day, you might just need 10 grand. So the bank will also finance the rehab. So let's say if you have a good day, the bank will go ahead and finance the deal with 10% down. So you buy a deal for $100,000, you put down 10 grand. The bank then finances 100% of the rehab. Let's say the house needs 30 grand worth of work. So your 10 grand buys you the house and it gives you the 30 grand in escrow for you to go renovate the house. But what's cool about what I do is, um, I speak fluent Spanish too, by the way. So. Please, please enlighten the people. Just say, say one thing for us. Say Ransom Jim. Oh, I don't know Ransom Jim. Ransom Jim Ransom Jim. Pero es muy importante hablar español en los Estados Unidos porque bastante personas hablan español. Y para mí, muchas personas trabajar para mí solamente hablar español. Así necesito buenos precios para mis trabajas. Y, you know, es mejor, mejor hablar. Pero yo no sé, es un muy buen día hoy. Necesito... Uh, uh, so what you saying? Like so what editors, editors, please on the YouTube, please make this in English. You know, <laughs> put, put the closed caption. But um, <laughs> now I'm just saying, there's a lot of people in the, in, in the U.S. that speak Spanish, so it's important because you know you get better prices that way, especially in this world. Yeah. That's a gem. That's a gem. You can um, hire someone to do that. Yeah. <laughs> like a lot of guys that I work with, they only speak Spanish. You know, so. Um, but but like I was saying, you put down 10%, you'll need 10 grand. The bank will then finance the rest of it. But the reason why it's important to get your contractors, right? And for me, I figured I need to speak Spanish is because even though the bank is giving me 30 grand, I want to do the job for 15 or 20. So then I can take the other 10 and then reinvest it into another deal. Mm. You see? So that other 10 can then go buy you another house. So you took 10 and then that 10 bought you one house. And then you got another 10 from the deal that you're still working on to then go buy another house. Mm. And then you keep on flipping it and flipping it and flipping it. So you it. learned a whole different language just mm. to save money. Um, 
Well, you know what? Like, sounds about right. It sounds well, about right. You know what? Well, it sounds like that, but really, I've been speaking Spanish all my life. Okay. So you saw so I was a foreign exchange student in Spain in high school. So you was so like, so you just leveraged all I just, of that. I just, yeah, I was like, you know what? Because I mean, it just makes sense. So since high school, it was just, you know, my, like my parents had the vision. Like, okay, this is good. You need to spread speed. Me and my brother even took Chinese for a couple years. So, so that's a good thing. And know, I, I, I love to talk where's about that. I mean, like just parents, a note. Take, listen, where's my Rosetta Stone at? <laughs> oh, man. Hey, I'm telling you, man. This is so important. Like, let's get back on track now. We're yeah. talking about, so with the I got the deal. Because deal. Yeah. people don't. You know, of course, every cost is different. But what happens is a lot of people, their flips turn to flops because they don't know what what the gauge is, what they should get charged for certain items. Like, should I pay $20,000 for someone to do this demo? Should I pay this extra, this certain amount? Like, do you have like yeah. a little, like just a couple of gems, not everything, yeah, but just yeah. something like if someone was flipping a, the regular house, let's say they were doing a, um, a lipstick um, flip, which basically is just all cosmetic, mm-hmm. nothing major. What do, what would you say from saving materials? What are you doing to save on materials and costs? And you know what is what are like the spreads you're looking for in your deals? Yeah, yeah. So like answering that question that you had, and I remember when he came to was I'll make fifty grand. I'm like, look, <laughs> you know, with baseball, you want to hit some singles, you want to hit some doubles. Hey, you can hit a home run, cool. But some of the biggest mistakes people make is they always want to hit a home run every time. But if you're consistent and you're just always scoring. Mm-hmm. And you still keeping, you know, the plays like you're doing the volume. So back to the question, what I do is I keep everything simple. You know, get HGTV out your mind. What you want to do is you want to have a, a canvas. I want to put this canvas up here, but I want you to paint your own picture. That's mm. it. You know, I'm going to put down some floors. I'm going to put in some granite. I'm going to put, yeah, I'm going to paint it, but I'm not putting up backsplash. I ain't putting up no tile like that unless I have to. Um, I usually use material that's um, durable, but it's still very cost effective. So when I'm doing floors, I put down these vinyl rolls. It looks like hardwood, but it's just a roll. And it looks beautiful, but it's cheap. And it still buys, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. I say it still buys, I mean, people still so buy, buy it. Like yeah. it, still, it still sells. So I literally just do the bare minimum but me doing the bare minimum is literally just painting, you know. Oh, also, too, I don't do a bunch of crazy rehabs. So any deal that I typically like to buy, it's going to be more of a lipstick job. Yeah. Like, I don't like tearing so you're down not walls looking for guts. and guts. You're I don't like doing that because I want to do volume. Yeah. And if I'm doing a gut, it's going to take me six months or five months. I don't know. It might take me forever. I'm just like doing all that to make the same money I can do to, to find a deal that isn't as doesn't require as much labor mm. intensive Gym. and then still doing the volume. So what's your time so, frame? What are you looking for? 90 days mm-hmm. in and out? So so I bought a deal um, uh, two days ago. And I should probably be doing that particular deal maybe two to three weeks. But that was an in and out deal. But for the most part, each rehab I do, on average, takes about a month and a half, two months max. Mm. You know, And the, the only time that really takes me to sell it is as fast as people can get the loan. You know, or if they're if they're paying cash. But yeah, you don't want to have to do all these crazy jobs and you got to knock down walls and replace everything. And So let's talk about your neighborhoods, though, right? Because you started your career going in the hood. And now you now you've elevated and you're doing the volume. So it sounds like you're doing more of the suburbs. You know what? So, I mean, I really buy anywhere where I can find a deal. So I was even in Miami um, uh, earlier this week. And I used the short sale method. I got this 8,000 square foot uh, mansion under contract 
for nine hundred thousand. It's ten minutes from the Miami airport. The mm. Compton neighborhood go for two point seven. What's the rehab on that? The rehab is like two hundred and fifty. Damn. Oh, so you know, like so a, you like what one point one and some well, change. So the thing is that I have it under contract for nine hundred thousand, but mm -hmm. it's a short sale. So the bank still has to prove it because the people owe two point three. No, excuse me. The people owe one point five. So I'm still in the works with that, mm -hmm. but I was out there looking at other deals um, as well to kind of, you know, just grab or whatever. But I just go wherever the money's at. You know, that's the thing. So for me, you know, I still buy in those same neighborhoods, but it has to be at least a three bedroom, two bath with a carport or a garage. And the reason why is, you know, who wants a two bedroom, one bath? You know, who wants a, a, a uh, a three bedroom one bath. Like you having a barbecue and then everybody gonna use your bathroom, they blow it up. Like, that's not cool. Like, you're gonna feel some sort of way. Yeah. So you wanna make sure that the house is functional to like for a family. Current, yeah, yeah, for, for, for a family. family. So, so you're buying your so, yeah. flips to resell to the everyday blue collared worker. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and I don't really deal with the high end. Like for the high end, I'll buy them and hold them, but um, as far as, yeah, with the, with, with like the flips and what's so funny, you know, I don't really use the term flip. And the reason why is because, and I know a lot of people do, but for me, if you're in the business, you don't want to be known as a flipper. You know why? Anybody know why? Because people count your money. <laughs> you see what people I'm saying? Count your pockets. Yeah. So people kind of like, yeah, I'm a flipper. I'd be flipping these house. I'd be flipping these You know what? I don't want to buy that in his crap because he'd be, he be making too much money. So I just say, hey, you know, we have this this resale house here. Uh, Kiana's the listing agent for this particular house. This <laughs> is a brand new rehab. You know, we have this particular, we have this new listing that we just renovated, you know, because of flip, sometimes it has a little cloud over it. So I like mm. to keep myself from yeah. being, no, from no, being no, known as flip. a flipper, yeah. you know, because like I said, people, they think that there's a lot of room for negotiation when it's a flip, because they like that said, people like to cash. Let pockets. me ask you this. So yeah. what is the price? Like, what is your going price point? Like some people are like, I remember one time I brought a deal to you. It was close to the belt line. You, and you were like, but see, I wouldn't take that one because the school district is this. You have, it's a gentrifying area. So that means you're going to have to worry about your materials, da, 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 da. And so you yeah. choose something in another neighborhood where let's just say you get it for a hundred thousand. What is the average resale price that you're seeing where the homes are moving quite quickly so that people don't get caught up in that whole shiny syndrome where, oh, I want to go to this area. Like I want to go to Westview. Westview is a place in Atlanta where the Mercedes Dome is and all that stuff. And people are like, I want to go over here. But then yeah. you have to kind of, depending on the street, you, you may not have your appliances tomorrow, right? Yeah, so yeah. what are you looking for in your, when someone is saying, listen, I want to be the first, um, this is my first time doing a resale renovation. Let's take the word flip out of it. No, I don't care what, what y'all say. What, no, it's so what I'm saying. I'm walking in there like When that. you have a certain price point, what price point do you like where you know it's going to sell really quickly yeah. and you can move on? Awesome question. Awesome question. So you look at what's the biggest demographic that people can afford? And that's what I, what I look at it. So when I go look for deals, I really want to keep my deals when I'm reselling it under 250000 because if I know I keep my resale under 250000 the majority of America can afford properties for under 250000 mm -hmm. Now, when you start getting to four hundred, five hundred, well, a lot of people can't afford that. But if I'm reselling at that two fifty dollars price point, I'm selling to owner-occupants and I'm selling to investors. So my pool of buyers is huge. Mm -hmm. So then when I put a house on the market, 
I know it's going to be hard for me to not get a bunch of offers on it because I'm in that price point. So then when I'm buying deals and need rehab, I'm like, okay, if I buy it at this price point, like maybe 150 or whatever, but it also too depends on the market. Because again, uh -huh. you know, if I'm buying houses in South Florida, that's a different market. Or if you're buying houses in New York, that's a different market. California is a different market. So you have to know your market. But given the market here, the local market, I want to keep it in that price point because, you know, Georgia, the the it's average it, incomes and stuff like that, it, 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 it makes that sense. It yeah. makes sense. But then you go to San Francisco, yo, like I had a deal that came across my desk in Oakland for 650000 Somebody passed away. But, you know, it's it, it's it's Oakland, California, but it's right, you know, steps away from San Francisco. Well, that might make sense at six fifty because it's yeah. that area. Yeah, and it's keep stuff in mind, stuff yeah. knowing the average price yeah. point. So what you want to start off as is if you're going to start renovating properties, rehabbing properties is get with a realtor or if you choose not to, I'm not advising you to, do, to not to, then you need to understand what the average income and what the average price point is in your area. So you're slightly below that. So you won't have any issues with having properties that you've renovated sitting on the market and not being able to sell. And, and really, and, and piggybacking on that, just uh, finding out from your realtor what's the affordable housing, you know, price point. Yeah. Right. Because certain areas like New York might have a different affordable housing price point than Georgia or Florida or California. So or Texas. So I always just try whatever market I'm in to make sure the housing affordable. is affordable and that then it sells. Well, yeah, I mean, you see there's even if your flip doesn't flip, right? Or it doesn't resell, stays on the market. Now you can now go ahead and get programs. Mm -hmm. Section 8 things of that nature. You know, mm -hmm. the Biden administration is pumping hundreds of millions of dollars into these government programs right now. So I think that's a huge gem right there because people, are, like you said, are always looking for that home run. Mm -hmm. They want they want to make 100000 200000 per flip. Yeah. But if you, you're limiting your buyer pool because not everybody can afford that. And so, also, too, you still huge. have to find that deal. Yeah. You know, and, and, and truth be told, and it's going to be hard to find those deals on the market. You know, so we had these clients and now people hit me up all the time. Hey, Justin, can you find me a deal? I'm like, look, you know, you want to, what the, I'm going to buy that deal if I find that deal. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's just an interesting request that, that, that people, <laughs> you know, have. That's yeah. funny to me. It's like, I'll buy it if I can find it. Yeah. So now that we've kind of gone through that process, um, what about people that want to wholesale? Because you said that you have yeah. a very lucrative part of your business where you're wholesaling. And let's explain to people what wholesaling oh, is. Oh, I would explain that. And also, like, how do you do this on the up and up? Because we do get, yeah. um, just from a regular person standpoint, a person without a real estate license, but also someone with a real estate license, we're just so jammed up. Like, you know what, just forget it, because I'm not about to go to jail over yes. a little extra right. money. So we have a lot of um, real estate professionals listening that would love to know how that, that loophole as well. Yeah, sure. So whether you're a real estate agent or not, right? Let's say that this shirt, right? This shirt, I bought this shirt, um, Hugo Boss. Hugo Boss, they have a Chinese supplier where they, this shirt's five bucks, right? So this is all wholesaling. It's very simple, it ain't no hour seminar. So the Chinese, the Chinese manufacturer of this shirt charges Boss five bucks for the shirt. Boss then puts the shirt on their lovely website. Says, hey, would you like to buy this shirt for, I don't know, 80 bucks? Right. So you then go on the website, give them the money for the 80 bucks. Your order has been shipped. They then go pay their supplier the five bucks. They pocket the $75. You get your shirt. 
they probably didn't have the shirt in the inventory. It just came directly from the supplier. So the same thing with houses. So keep in mind, boss probably never even touched the shirt. The supplier touched the shirt. They just put it on their website, had the supplier put their name on it, and then sell it to you. So with the house, what I'll teach people to go do is they'll go find the house that Jim owns. Jim says, I have this house, I want to sell it at 100 grand. So then Matt puts the house under contract at 100 grand. He then blasts it to his network some sort of way or word of mouth or put it on a website. And then he gets offers on this house for 120 grand. So what happens, he then creates a contract. You can do it two ways. You have double closings and you have assignment contracts. Assignment contracts are like, there's literally uh, standard forms for pretty much any state for assignment contracts. So realtors can do that even on their standard forms. Even Georgia, there's a Georgia Association of Realtors assignment contract form. Mm. So you could do that. Yeah. Um, but let's say, but only with assignment contracts to get into that. I don't necessarily like using assignment contracts because people can see how much money you're making. So on an assignment contract, you mm. have to state how much you want to sell that contract for. So let's say Matt has the property for hundred grand from Jim. And then let's say that Kiana wants to buy that house for 120,000. If Matt uses a assignment contract, which he can, and if Kiana's cool with it because they're friends, then he could put on the assignment contract, hey, I'm gonna let me give you the rights to this contract for 20 grand. So then they both sign it, they go to closing, the lawyer gives Matt 20 grand even, she gets the rights to his contract, she buys the house, the deal is done. That simple. If I right. lost anybody, let me know. No, I see right. a lot of people writing on the notes, man. Yeah, so I'm so gonna, I, know, we know, I know we have some questions. Yeah, you can go so ahead and get in line. If you got a question, please just go right ahead because I yeah. see y'all writing notes and things like that because that was a lot of information. A lot of people yeah. really don't understand wholesaling and right. how you wholesale. So, so an assignment contract, just to go over one more time, all you're doing is selling your contract or giving somebody the rights to your contract for a specific price. That's it. So Matt wants to sell the house to Kiana for $120,000. He has the house under contract with Jim for $100,000. Matt will then just sign a, sign a contract saying, Kiana, for $20,000, you have the rights to this contract. At closing, I'll get this twenty dollars That's it. That's all a assignment contract is. Now, what a double closing is, is this is what I prefer to do because people don't know how much money you're making. So now, and what Hugo Boss did, for example, with Hugo Boss, no one knows that Hugo Boss bought this shirt for $5 and selling it to you for $80. Because if you knew that, you went, you'd be like, well, shoot, I'm going to go to the supplier. You see what I'm saying? That's what most other companies do. Regardless of whatever business you're in, if you're selling, um, let's say, you know, makeup, or if you're selling some sort of product, you're still technically doing a double closing. You see what mm. I'm saying? Like most businesses cope. You're still doing technically a double closing. Yeah. All you're doing it now is just with the house. So back to the example. Matt has a house under contract with Jim for $100,000. Okay, now we have Kiana that wants to buy it for $120,000. So what we do is we go to uh, a lawyer. In Georgia, you have uh, law firms that close deals. In Florida, you have title companies, Texas title companies. New York, I think it might be is a, it's, a, it's two different attorneys. Yeah, you know? yeah New it's, York is attorney state. Attorney, okay, attorney yeah, attorney so state. different it's hard, states. It's hard to wholesale or doing that. In New York. Okay. Yeah. So so different states, you have different people that close the deals. But what you'll do is you'll then go find a, a good attorney or title company or whatever that you say, hey, I'm going to be doing double closings. I like to bring these deals over to you. So you then have one contract between, so Matt has a contract between Jim and himself for 100,000. And then you have another purchase sale agreement between you and Kiana for 120,000. You take both of those contracts to that attorney or title company, 
and then you say, I'm going to close this deal on Friday, right? So today is Friday. Wow. Okay. So today we're going to go close the deal. So Kiana, Matt says, hey, Kiana, we're going to close the deal at one o'clock today. So Kiana wires her funds to the title company. It's 120,000 even. The title company says, hey, Matt, you're going to close with Jim in this room. So Matt closes with Jim in another room. They take 100,000 out of Kiana's 120, give it to Jim. Matt has the keys in his hand. Congratulations, Matt. You're now the proud owner of Jim's home. Jim then goes into the room with Kiana with the keys. Hey, congratulations. Then he gives the keys to Kiana. She signs her paperwork. The lawyer then wires Matt $20,000. And that's it. Double closing. Double closing. Damn. Yeah, two closing on the same day. But what happens sometimes, and it depends on the lawyer, they want to see you bring your own cash. Some lawyers don't care. Some title companies don't care. And that's when you get into what's called transactional lending, I think. So... Um, so what, what that is, is you can either send, so Matt, so sometimes some lawyers say, Hey Matt, you got to bring your full hundred grand, uh-huh. right? So the lawyer wants a hundred, 220 grand in his escrow versus just 120 to do the deal. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you have people to do that, but there's ways that you can get people to actually have liquidity that could then wire that money for you. They'll charge you a fee and you can still do it. So there's been times to where I'll have people that are my program where I'll send my funds for them just to close their deal. And then, you know, I'll do a little fee or whatever so they can, you know, if they do it like Wait a minute, you see how you yeah, said that, humbly fee. speaking? Yeah, yeah. Let, me, let me explain something. One thing I, I learned from Justin, you got to pay to play. It always costs to be the boss. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if you're going to wire, like, you know, a large amount, like, you know, you can't do that, you know, just off the love. I mean, you can, but that's a lot because if the deal don't close, you own that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you still 100%. take some risk. Like, you literally are sending, you know, 150000 or something for somebody. And then, oh, the deal didn't fall through. So you own this now. Yeah. And then the deal is also possibly in their name. It's just and so it's like, you got to be yeah. careful. So you got to know. Well, I'm going to say this. It has been some really good information. We yeah. have someone here. They, they have a question and we are ready for you. Hello. Talking to the mic so we can hear you. Can you hear me? Is yeah, it on? Yeah, we hear you. Okay. My name is Lashanta Singleton. Um, I'm a realtor from Michigan and I'm also licensed in Georgia as well. Wait, are you from Michigan? Yeah. You came out here from Michigan? I did. Shout out to Love you. Love it. Awesome. For Kiana. More, more wines. More, more, more wines. Well, hold on, hold on. Oh. This one, Kiana? What the hell is going on here? I'm about to offer you some wine now. No, no, I need some wine. I need some wine. I need some wine. No, you're, you're capping now. That's okay. She's the goddess. It's all good. So I just wanted to backtrack a little bit. I know you were talking about wholesaling, but I st- I've been stuck on a short sale for, for sure. a minute. So I just had like, a question, but I have like two parts to my questions. Um, so for a short sale, you stated that you're buying the property, but you're not listing it. So are you putting everyone on the contract? And if so, does like the bank and title company require the contracts and addendum for all stipulations? Or are you just having like whomever listed and just accepting and they're just accepting your offer? So you can do it a couple ways. Okay. So with, so with the short sale, so it depends. So sometimes I'll get short sales that are already listed with another agent that's actually on the market. Okay. So then that agent might be handling the short sale, then they'll be um, dealing with the asset managers. But a lot of times I'm the one that finds the person that needs to do the short sale. So then I'll have, so because I'm a real estate broker, I have other agents that are in my office that can list it for me. But if you're, a, you know, you're also licensed too, mm-hmm. you can have other agents in your, well, also, it depends on if you're the buyer. Okay. So I'm going to assume, I'm assuming, let's say that you're the buyer. 
what you can do is you can have another agent in your office listed for you and then you can have another agent in your office or you your, you don't want to have yourself be the um the the agent and right. the reason why is because if you are an agent on your contract as a short sale, some asset managers won't want to pay you commission because right. you're also the buyer. So then they'll only pay the other agent commission because they're saying you're buying it. We don't want to give you commission because you're also buying it. Okay. So if you're the buyer, you want to have two other agents be involved if you're the person that's buying it and you found the person that is um, the person that you're helping do do the short sale. Okay. But just to make sure I answer your question, so you have the two agents and then those and then but the listing agent is the one that's dealing with the asset manager and making sure that everything goes mm -hmm. accordingly um, as far as getting the paperwork to submit over to the bank for them to approve it. But also what I like to use are short sale negotiators mm -hmm. because a lot of agents they don't they might not want to deal with it. And the short sale negotiator does everything, collects all the paperwork, and they get paid directly from the bank. So you don't even have to pay them yourself. It's essentially a free service because the bank pays them same the way the bank pays the commission. Okay. But just to make sure you have two other agents that are representing the deal, because if you're the buyer, you don't want to be on there because right. you're not going to get paid a commission. Sometimes, you know, it'll, it'll keep you from making more money. And then okay. those two agents, you make sure you get paid commission from them for being on there because you really put them on. Okay. But if it's listed and it's already an agent handling the short sale, they're still going to get their commission and you can... You can, if you want to represent yourself and mm -hmm. take that chance, because sometimes I did get commission mm -hmm. for me representing myself, but probably just have one of your colleagues do it and and, and slice it that way if right. it is listed. Okay. But I don't know if that answered your question. No, it did. It did. Okay. It did. It did. So you're like eliminating all the documentation and you're just doing it that way and everybody's on the same page. Yeah. So the documentation is a lot of paperwork and short right. sales, but that's why you want to have either a short sale negotiator do it mm -hmm. yeah. or if you're going to handle it yourself. They're gonna be asking for bank statements. They're gonna be asking for pay stuff. Right. They're gonna be like the bank wants to see if the people can still afford it because if they can still afford it. They don't really want to approve it. Mm -hmm. So you're gonna be painting a picture to the bank when I say the people, the seller, to say, hey, this seller can't afford this property anymore, and this is all the paperwork showing that they can't afford this property anymore, and that's what you're getting over to them. So you still got to send all, all this paperwork over, okay. but you can either do it yourself or have a short sale negotiator do it. Okay. Got it. Thank you. Great question. Yeah. Great question. Yeah. Thank awesome. you. Thank you for coming from Michigan. Thank you. Thank <laughs> Appreciate you. you. All right. Look, so this has um, been a great episode so far. Lots of information. Mm -hmm. So we got to end this with our signature closing. We need a rant and we need a gem. Talk to us. So I think my rant is I see a lot of people that are in, I don't know, I guess, Kind of deters me from getting on social media, but I see so many people in the real estate business that all they do is sell courses. Like, do y'all actually really invest? <laughs> you know? They're like, yeah, and they got all these thousands and thousands and thousands. I was like, guys, like, do y'all actually have time to even invest? Like, y'all are on the social media so much. So, I don't know, that's just one of my things. Like, I have so many people that I come across that end up getting kind of scammed and all this stuff from people that claim that they're in the business and they're really not, yeah. you know? Um, they're just, like I said, they, they just sell courses. Um, so that's, that's one of my things. Like they really don't truly do it. Like you guys truly do it. That's the right now. That's, that's the rent. The rent is you got, you guys got to do your own due diligence. Like when you're yeah. choosing people to, they always say those that can't do teach. I've, I've read yeah. that before, but some people are actually doing and teaching at the same time. So you want, 
that social proof. You want to make sure you have proof of Absolutely. consistently because every year it changes, right? So how he got a deal last year is different how he's getting a deal this Absolutely. year. So if someone is always in the field and they're showing you new ways, then of course you'll be able to use it. So I love that rant. Yeah, what's that's the, what's the gem? The gem is don't depend on, like don't, don't get on the bandwagons. Like all these bandwagons about, oh, you need this particular software. And this is for real estate investing purposes. Like you need to have this, this, like it's really just put in the work, that's it. Like if you guys take anything from me, just put in the work and go directly to the source. And if you do that and you literally take the time to pick up the phone to send an email, send text messages, I mean, you'll be super successful because at the end of the day, like I said, if you employ and do those work hours for yourself versus somebody else and you hold yourself accountable, I mean, your income level is is, is limitless. It's crazy. Mm. That's it. Yeah, put in the work. I think what I learned from your episode today and what you were saying is automation is cool, but sometimes you just got to pick up the damn phone and have a conversation because if everyone's using the same tactics, then how are you ever going to get that deal? How are you going to find it if you're not taking the time to just say, let me pick up this phone and make some calls today? Because look, even for me in my business, I don't pick up no damn phone. Like, mm. it's not happening. But then I'm just listening like, damn, I need to take this back to 06, 05, when I was just really pounding the phone. So that's what I got from this, this, this episode today, Absolutely. man. A lot of information. You got to kind of go back old school and mix it with the new school yeah, stuff that do we're doing today. Do a little bit of both. You yeah, because for me, good. like, you know, I still do stuff to where I don't have to pick up the phone. And now I'm at the point to where a lot of people bring deals to me. But I'm trying to dumb it down for people that aren't, that haven't been doing this for, like, I've been doing this 16 years. Absolutely. You know, so I have a lot of people that just give me deals now, but I want to break it down to people that aren't on right. that to where people just bring you stuff now to where like this is how it truly works. And I still do it. Uh -huh. So. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. well, we want to make sure you um, do your do your outro. Make sure you let people know who you are, that you're on the Ransom Gym show yeah. and where to find you and what, what you specialize in. So my uh, website is topfundmanager.com. No, you got to introduce yourself all over again oh. like you're a whole other person. Let's rewind. Got you. Rewind, rewind. All right. Okay. So my name is Justin Giles, real estate hedge fund manager, real estate broker, real estate gurus, um, consultant, and just always looking to help people win in real estate investing. And you can find me on Instagram, topfundmanager.com. Well, my Instagram name is topfundmanager. You can find my website, topfundmanager.com. And my real estate brokerage firm is Real Estate Gurus. Love it. Love, love it. it. So, look, man, this was a great episode. Um, thank you, Justin, for coming on the Rants thank and Gym Show. The you. number one real estate podcast for the black community. The yes. number three <laughs> podcast on Apple in the world. Right. So, thank you, Justin, for coming. My name is Matt Garland, NMLS number 58700, but better known as MG the Mortgage Guy. And my name is Kiana Watson, the real estate broker extraordinaire. Extraordinaire. Life is number 317576. Thank you so much for dropping the gems for not just our audience and not just the general public, but for our real estate professionals as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks. Give it up for Justin.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.